The blast from our past network. Hot ride! Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld because we love it and you love it and you love us talking. And so we're going to keep talking and we're giving it to you every single week. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we are talking very positively and very happily because we've got a dark thing we're talking about. We're talking about the suicide, which actually it's not a dark <laughs> episode well it's got some dark humor to it which i love um but uh this is season three episode 15 and it aired on january 29th 1992 and the synopsis is that's your cue Corey. <laughs> as you said it my box set just like fell apart <laughs> looking on the ground is like the discs just fell out of it oh it's okay yeah and as you guys know by the way just to give you all a little insight into how the sausage is made uh i get all the um the synopses from the dvd box set and they're actually they're different synopses than you find on imdb imdb only has like one sentence these are actually a bit more in depth as you're about to see in two seconds the suicide (laughs) jerry starts a relationship with a woman whose boyfriend falls into a coma after attempting suicide Newman, Wayne Knight, appears and threatens to reveal the affair to the coma victim as soon as he recovers. George gives his dream vacation to Kramer after a psychic predicts a catastrophe. Ba-ba-ba-boom. No, yeah, that's not that, right. It's more like da-da. Ba-ba-ba-boom yeah. is more like... Ba-ba-ba-boom. Uh, uh, yeah, some yeah, sexy... Yeah. Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> yes. Uh, that kind of just told you all the endings to the entire thing. Like, I didn't like that synopsis. Yeah, that was, I don't know, that was too much. That was, that was a bit of, that was information. That was a lot of information there, yeah. for sure. But, I mean, there's plenty, plenty more to talk about, and that's why we're going to do our scene breakdown. And per usual, well, usual for now until later seasons, this episode starts off with a stand-up bit. This time about in a physical examination. <laughs> Uh, I quite enjoyed this one. Uh, Jerry starts off saying, uh, the urine test at the doctor's office is a real pleasure. (laughs) I just liked how he said that. Uh, He's like, then then there's the amount. He's like, I don't know what you need. He's like, I gave you what I have. I I have more if you need it. Uh, I can get you more if you want. I I like that idea, that concept of being like, I have more if you want it. I don't know how much you need. Um, And then he starts talking about any kind of physical test he wants to do well in. He's like, like in school when they had the hearing test, he wanted to like be the best at it and like he wanted to basically have super hearing and uh you know like he wanted them to basically send the results to washington and tell him that like and we'd like you to meet the president basically he just like had these delusions of grandeur as a kid and he just wanted to have sort of superpowers and the only thing he could come up with was super hearing but uh i thought it was kind of funny i was like okay that's cute yeah it was fine um all right so into the actual episode we are at the apartment elaine is there and george comes up uh elaine is apparently going on a fast for three days so she can get uh, an ulcer test jerry tries to get george to take the trash out i don't he's he's taking the trash out it's kind of a funny little weird back and forth where he's trying to get him to take the trash out and it's really honestly just a setup to get us 
towards Drake's coffee cake. So we're, we're so this whole thing in his trash is just one little small paper bag. Um, yeah. and he's too lazy to go just dump it down that he said like the trash chute is right down the hall. And so he's like, Hey, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, will you take my trash out for me as George is kind of coming in? And it's like, no, I'm not doing that for more than two bucks. And they're kind of bartering. He's like, I'll give you 50 cents. And he's like, no, what, what am I going to do with 50 cents? You can buy a Drake's coffee cake for that. Uh, and then they just kind of go on the, you know, they're, the, the Drake's coffee cake is going to be a through line in this entire episode. <laughs> well, so, like, Drake, right at the top, right at the top, have you ever had a Drake's coffee cake? I've had coffee cake, but I've never had a specifically a Drake's coffee cake. I've probably okay. had, like, a Hostess or something like that. If they Yeah, so, same here. I, I don't know. It's, I assume Drake's is a real coffee cake, I imagine, because everything else they've referenced before it has been real. So I assume it is. And as I'm talking, Adam is going clickety-clack, clickety-clack. You can see his face <laughs> as he's quickly <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yes, so it is a real thing. And actually, it looks, it looks like it might even be owned by Hostess the way that it is uh, branded now. It may oh, maybe yeah. not maybe it's maybe it's uh, its own separate kind of brand, but it looks exactly because they also do they have things called Devil Dogs and Yankee Doodles, other things that I feel like we've heard at some point in Seinfeld as well. Yeah, um, but they're just other like kind of cream based stuff that I've seen either Sara Lee or Hostess or other ones have these exact same types of well, things. So since neither of us have had Drake's coffee cake, do you like coffee cake itself? Actually, I do. Yeah, I, me too. I mean, I don't. I hate coffee, but I like coffee cake. Coffee cake is cake. It is is delicious. Um, <laughs> but apparently, in case everyone was curious, which I know they were, uh, Drake's Cakes was a company founded by Newman E. Drake in 1896 in Harlem, New York. Ah, um, it's, it's another New York one. Owned, it's another New York one now owned by McKee Foods, the corporation, the maker of Little Debbie snacks. So uh, they own that. So so they also own that. I'm sure they just kind of bought. Yeah, a whole bunch of other. It's it's stuff. probably one of those things. Yeah, and, we're, and they keep the they keep retaining the name and they they retain yeah. like the branding and stuff, but okay, they own I, it and everything. They've definitely talked about like Drake stuff. So that yeah, the company they okay. So this same company makes other stuff like, like I said, Devil Dogs, um, Ringdings, and Yodels, yeah. other oh, stuff like I've heard this, them talk about Ringdings before. They've I'm definitely sure. talked about yeah. Ringdings at some point. <laughs> so <laughs> they love their they love their like cheap pastries in this in this uh pod or not this podcast in this uh, show in seinfeld so <laughs> but it is it is fun that you know it, it's it's that it's a it's a new york centric thing even though obviously the show is filmed in la but it, it's yeah. fun that they always kind of do these little reminders that it's in new york and uh side note i was watching i think we're like season six of the office we started the office from the beginning and i wasn't i'm not the biggest fan of it my wife's enjoying it but there was a scene where michael scott goes over to somebody's house and they're they're talking and they're drinking yinglings and it's funny oh, because yeah. every time they leave the office it totally looks like the valley everywhere they go looks like la's valley <laughs> yeah. and and i totally forget but then i was like watching them drink the yinglings and, and that's a pennsylvania based uh beer company yeah. that you can only get in surrounding areas i'm pretty sure you can get it down where you are but it does not make its way over yeah. to the west coast at all because i've always wanted to get it and uh and i just like that Even i like now? Yeah, no, no, yeah, they don't, don't ship it, it. Yeah, they don't ship it to the West Coast. It's only within truck distance. Um, wow. It's crazy, well, but um, trucks trucks can get to the West Coast. In well, case you were okay, I, I know, but it's it's the same reason. Like Utz trips don't make it to the West Coast. They only distribute on on the East Coast. But the point is, is that I I enjoy when shows do this when they put um, like area specific brands in just to kind of nail nail it home as to where they are. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough. Um, I for, yeah, I mean, there's Yingling. Yingling is easy to get down here. Yeah, uh, in Georgia. Yeah. But I, for some reason, I thought that it started making its way. Maybe it's maybe it made its way when I was living out in Denver. I think that might have been because I remember it being a thing for people to get Yingling. But like Yingling, it's nothing special. Yeah, Everyone yeah. knows this. It's just as bad as Budweiser and Coors and all those other ones that taste regular. Yeah, I see. I, I like the black and tan one that they have, but I agree with you. Mm. I mean, I drink it just because it's like, oh, I go home and I'm like, ah, it's it's a Maryland thing. But yeah, I'm always like, uh, it's not the best beer I've ever had, you know? Yeah, it's fine. It it's not special. So yeah, it's not. Uh, all right, all right. Off our Yingling train that has nothing to do with Seinfeld, you know. <laughs> but we got there from Drake's Coffee Cake. So um, while they're out in the hall, this neighbor comes out. Her name's Gina. She's very attractive. Um, we kind of see Jerry flirting with her. She's uh, some kind of Hispanic. We don't really know. Um, but, um, you know, we also well, see he, that she's a- actually real quick. He uh, Kramer. Oh, Mid- or- Mediterranean women. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like she gets she has more of a Hispanic accent than she does a Mediterranean accent to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I'm just stupid. But uh, anyway, that's she's played by Gina. Galego, I'm sure I fucked up and butchered that one, uh, but she's been in place. She's actually been, you know, consistently working. Yeah, know, this the, the, actually, time. I've seen her in. Uh, my wife used to watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and oh. she is on that show as one of the lawyers that works with the quote-unquote Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But her stick on the, that show is she never talks. She never says an hmm. actual word, even though she works in that office. But so I'm watching. Um, uh, I think I recognized her when I was watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I was like, why does she look mm-hmm. familiar? Yep. And then I'm watching Seinfeld here, and with Gina, I'm like, why does Gina look familiar? And then I. <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's the same person. But she's yeah. a regular on that show. So good for her. She's still working. Yeah, yeah, she is definitely still doing stuff. So yep. And I gotta say, she's uh, hot. She is hot. She, she is. She is definitely attractive. Um, but she's got a very big and angry boyfriend, so you wouldn't mess with her, and neither would Jerry, even though he does kind of flirt with her uh while he's out there before Martin comes out. And um what I do love at the end of this scene, Jerry drops off his trash at Kramer's door knocks on Kramer's door and just leaves. And then Kramer kind of opens it, looks around, grabs the trash and pulls it in, you know, because he <laughs> thinks it's something that's good for him. And he, he, knowing him, he probably would go through it and try and find something. It's funny. Yeah, so. but it's great. He's like an animal. He like looks around yes. and then quickly like brings it <laughs> <Exactly>. in. <laughs> uh, so George apparently had a dream about that guy, Martin, who they just ran into. George thinks he's paranormal. Um, you know, he thinks he's like part psychic or something. Uh, Elaine kind of like, you know, talks to him about that. And they're like, oh, you know, oh, I know this one psychic or I've, you know, some, I know somebody who went to a psychic or some shit like that. Um, and also I do like that there was a quick mention of George's mother at this point as well. Um, I can't even remember what it was. I just wrote down mentions his mother. Yeah, no, I wrote it down too. Um, it's uh, George says that he knew he was going to be bald, and Jerry's mm-hmm. like, "But your father's bald." So like, That's meaning right. like, like that was an easy one. And George says, "Oh, but you get it from your mother's side." And he goes, "But your mother's bald too," you know. And I was like, "Ew, that's gross." Yeah, uh, which Frank Costanza is not bald. I know uh, that's so. <laughs> which is funny because fake Frank Costanza well, the, it is bald. The first one, the first yeah. Frank Costanza is mm-hmm. bald. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, you're right. Who will the? I can't even remember who. We'll get to him in season four. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm, I'm, so. I'm very, very interested to. Get, well, specifically because we're both watching it on Hulu, so I'm curious as to what version we're going to see. 
Well, yeah, you're right because they did reshoot that, and we'll we'll talk about that at that time. Well, so. well but but okay, I I do want to just mention while we're talking about it, it's not the right place to say it, but um, I was listening to the making of of this uh, episode, and it's obviously we're gonna get Wayne Knight in a little bit as as mm-hmm. Newman. Um, in the making of, they said for the syndication version that Larry David had Wayne Knight go yes. back in and redo that uh-huh. voice. Now we talked about that. Now, but I oh, remember they, that was that was not the case. The the, well, no. the Wayne. The old Newman voice that we heard in like season two is 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 um Larry, Larry David. David right so so that means that Hulu is showing the original yeah. air versions because they fixed it in syndication so now I'm curious yeah. if because they fixed George uh, Frank Costanza in syndication I'm curious if Hulu is going to show us the the yep. wrong Frank Costanza that's that's all so. I, and honestly, I have nothing else on the making of this episode other than the the fact that they fixed uh, Wayne Knight's uh, doing the voiceover in mm. syndication for for Newman in season one. Yeah. So okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm uh, on yeah, tippy exactly. toes. <laughs> I'm on my tippy toes. Tippy toes. Tippy toes. Uh, tippy toes. <laughs> good. Good callback, yeah. buddy. Good callback. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. So, um, so at night. Gina, the sexy neighbor, is banging on Jerry's door. It kind of wakes him up. He comes out. Uh, apparently, Martin took a whole bunch of pills. Uh, you know, he she apparently was going to break up with him, and that caused him to take these pills to do a suicide attempt or some shit like that, um, which is, you know, the whole the name of the episode. Or maybe it's not. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but uh, Jerry's insecurity about should he go over there now in his pajamas I thought was incredibly unwarranted because he's not really wearing, he's wearing his pajamas include an entire, a full t-shirt and pajama pants. They're not even like shorts or whatever, or his boxers. He's wearing a full getup and he's like, should I go get a robe? I'm like, what the fuck is a robe going to cover any more than what you're already wearing? You're fine. That makes no goddamn sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. It doesn't make any sense, but I like the interaction. I like the back and forth. I like Jerry's sort of neuroticies. But But he should have been wearing like a wife beater and shorts. And that would have totally made sense. You're right. And a full shirt and pants. That just, I, 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 no, it obviously bothered me. I get hung up on these little things. (laughs) No, I actually, I mean, you saying it, you're 100% correct. And I mean, knowing that like I only sleep nude. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I can't even relate <laughs> to having a full, you know, thing on. So yeah, like, you, I, yeah, you're right. I think the joke would have worked a little bit better if he was wearing something that showed a little bit more skin. Any anything, anything. Yeah, good call. Uh, but whatever. All right, we cut to the hospital. Apparently, Martin's in a coma. Uh, Jerry and Gina are sitting next to him. Um, they're just kind of talking about his whole coma thing. And Jerry makes a reference that I did not understand. He said. Um, so she was talking about, I guess, like, you know, oh, my God, I don't know what, what's going on with this coma. And he says, well, it's not like a sunny, a sunny Von Bulow coma. Um, and there was a laugh from it. And I'm like, what the fuck is Sonny Von Bulow? Who is this? So I looked her up because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out some of these little side things that I yeah. just don't know about. 
So, apparently she was an American heiress and socialite. Uh, her husband, Klaus von Bülow, um, was convicted of attempting murder for her in 1980 by insulin over overdose. Uh, but the conviction was apparently overturned on an appeal, and, and then a second trial found him not guilty after experts uh, find, found that the there was no insulin injection and her symptoms were attributed to an overdose of prescription drugs. So he was referencing um, that, you know, she wasn't killing or trying to kill this this guy as opposed to it. Um, but apparently Sonny Von Bulow, she lived almost 28 years in a vegetative state uh, from 1920 or from 1980 to 2008. So she was still in a coma during this time when this episode was going on. Gotcha. Got, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously those guys probably knew about it and it was a part of the zeitgeist at the time. Yeah. And, and, and probably, you know, who knows when they were storyline. Yeah. And probably who knows when they were like writing this episode, there could have been an article in a magazine, like what's, what's happened to Sonny Von Bureau now type of thing like oh the article is still in a coma that's it you know but uh yeah yeah, it's i didn't even pick up on that but i'm glad that you told me because i'm like you uh like we said in the last episode uh we very much enjoy picking apart these references that neither of us get and it's it's interesting how many there sort of are but also at the same time how it doesn't stop the flow of the show if you don't get the reference if anything it just gives you another another thing to enjoy the the episode over again with you know yeah very true so yeah uh all right anyway uh, Gina apparently yeah, wanted to end the relationship and Jerry has another, there's another mention of Drake's coffee cakes, you know, and, uh, she, they talk about what, that. It's somebody says it's too sweet. Um, but Gina is very, she just kind of, she's very interested in Jerry at this time. Um, and, she's but, very uh, passionate. She's, she's passionate yes. about everything. Well, and, you well. say passionate. I said she is a drama queen. Like she is intense into the drama queen, which you see immediately yes yes she is uh as 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 hot as she is she is just as as terrifying yeah <laughs> as far as like yes. just her energy goes and and whatnot and uh well, she, and as, she wants to make out over martin's like vegetated body <laughs> you know she's, yeah. she's trying to push jerry to do it and i don't blame jerry one bit you know he's no. a man who respects a good coma <laughs> <laughs> yes that was that line was fantastic i love that line but i'm totally with jerry man i would be freaked out at this point by her well exactly and it's not really about you know well yes he is physically intimidated by martin and he's worried that he's going to get his ass beaten but at the same time like it's just rude man to make out with the ex-girlfriend over your coma body (laughs) like she is a she is um yeah a drama a drama laden freak yeah, she's on a different level, though, but yeah. I would tap so, that. But <laughs> she's hot, and so Jerry still, still yeah. likes her. So, uh, All right. Uh, at Jerry's apartment, we hear about Newman. Uh, Kramer kind of talks about you know his buddy Newman, who apparently told him about the whole Martin situation. Um, so we just kind of find out, okay, that you know Newman's in the apartment complex, and he's friends with Martin as well. Um we do get some really good suicide humor, some dark suicide humor, which I always appreciate. And Jerry's like, you know, I don't get why these people, you know, take pills. You know, can't they just jump off a building or shoot themselves in the in the head like a normal person? And I'm just <laughs> like, you know what? I, yeah, suicide is not something that a lot of people can joke about. But you know what? I I like this dark humor. And Jerry pulls it. He pulls it off so 
kind of quickly, but also just it's so humorous. And, and, and he's just so kind of nonchalant about it that it's not it's not a big deal. It's just a joke. And I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm with you. Um, although I will say that this has definitely so far been one of the the more like sensitive subject matters that they've mm-hmm. kind of like poked fun at. And you know, if that's not your cup of tea, I, I would suggest maybe skipping this episode if you know someone who's like yeah. super sensitive about that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> Jesus, but um, <laughs> I, I must like choked on my own air. Sorry. <laughs> that's not karma. <laughs> I don't know what is, but um. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. God, <laughs> I was I was suicided myself right now. Yeah, um exactly. but but dude, not, I, not quite the you, same when it's by accident, but you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's not the same. But uh yeah. I, I I'm with you, man. Like some things yeah, like I could understand like I said, I could understand if you were sensitive to it, but uh, we should yeah. be allowed to make fun of some things. And it, it you know, the the levity, the humor kind of it lessens things so that you can talk mm. about it. You know, like it, I yeah. I just I think that but I don't think it would play very well to a younger audience now i think a lot of people would get a little bit butthurt over it yeah and but you and i are terrible people so it makes (laughs) total sense why we we appreciate it yeah you're right though we never have a lot of those moments of where i this this humor doesn't appeal to younger people who are quote-unquote woke um but like also, woke people don't seem to be able to laugh and understand some things are just jokes. But we'll, we'll get to those jokes later because there's going to be a there's a bunch of them in yeah. this in this show. Yeah. So I also want to call out one other just joke. I love that they have a joke about coma etiquette. And he kind of talks about that when he's talking with Kramer. I just whatever it is, the phrase coma etiquette. <laughs> I, I put like a little star check mark to that. I liked it. Yeah. So. Um, at the psychic's place, uh, she hands, uh, she's offering them a snack. And what is the snack that she's offering to Elaine and George? But a Drake's coffee cake. Oh my God, this, this damn thing. This should have been called the, the coffee cake, not the suicide, honestly. Yeah. Or, or the made Drake. much more sense. But then that'll the come Drake. back later. <laughs> That's going to yeah, be a different true. thing. <laughs> that is different. <laughs> so, um, her name is Pauline. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Her name is not Pauline. Sorry. Um, she brings up a question to George about who's Pauline. And he's like, well, uh, my brother impregnated a woman named Pauline, who this is the, I think, second time he had mentioned, second or third time he had mentioned his brother. Um, apparently, he his brother impregnated a woman named Pauline or whatever. Um, but it's just that is something that will come back later. I'm going to save our little theory uh, to the end, unless you would rather talk about it. No, it makes more sense to talk about it later. So. You, but, you all um, can't see, but I'm making head head gestures. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah, you're, not you know. you're not doing a good job. <laughs> so, anyway, George, uh, George, I, what I do like here, George asks of the psychic about Audrey, who is someone that he dated previously with a nose job. Um, you know, she's like she's a small nose. Uh, someone with, he's like someone with a small nose versus big nose or whatever. It doesn't matter. He's talking about someone that we saw that relationship. Um, a few episodes ago in the nose job and he's like oh is there anything there with her and she's like no but i do like that he calls that out it's something that we've seen um it's something in his life that you know he obviously he obviously still likes her like he even mentions uh that she was the love of his life or something you know something very hyperbolic but for george you know he probably has not had that strong of a love ever and I, I, I'm with you, man. I like the callback. I like the fact that they referenced something from a previous episode that we hadn't seen. And it kind of gives insight into George and what, you know, what he's mm-hmm. thinking about when he's not on camera. And it's kind of sad that he's still 
kind of thinking about Audrey, you know, and she never comes back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she never comes no, back they, into, in, into the show they, or anything. They did. They had a great rapport. I do remember that episode. You know, they were, they were getting along really well. It was just the nose was, was really big and not attractive, and he couldn't get over it. Um, you know, it got, got sunken in with the, <laughs> the weird shit. But she got it fixed. She's yeah, very she attractive fixed, now. But Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There, then there's Kramer. Uh, which I don't think that that worked out with Kramer either. No, no, no. Because so, no. what does? Yeah, exactly. Who could? No. There's all the levels. Who wants to? No. Actually, there's no <laughs> levels. He he didn't do the levels. That's the whole thing. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, Elaine is upset with the psychic because she's smoking while she's pregnant. This is definitely, um, you know, that Elaine, she is kind of, you know, that, I don't know, not, not just a social justice warrior. I wouldn't call her that. In this set, or any sane person would be upset. I would be upset if I saw a woman smoking while she yeah, was okay. pregnant. No, 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 no. You're not? No. First off, no. Because A, that's not fucking my problem. B, Elaine, shut the fuck up. Like, seriously. No, fuck you. Like, no, no. I mean, no, no, you mm. don't, I don't need you. No one needs to, like, parent somebody else, like, how they're going to parent. Like, let that lady do her thing, man. Like, I was so pissed at Elaine in, in this scene, man. I was like, uh-uh. this is annoying uh-uh. as fuck, No man. way. You're annoying as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, yes. So I believe that that we, of course, that woman has the right to do whatever that she wants. But I absolutely agree with Elaine that, you know, I would be upset at that person. I would say, hey, you know, you're killing your child or you have a chance to be killing your child and giving it some kind of diseases because you're uh, ruining it. with You smoke too much fucking weed, Corey. You don't you don't have you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know. I got way too upset right there. But like, I think I think Elaine's not in the right with how she addresses the situation. But I think her anger is totally correct and I would I would not want to be I wouldn't probably yell at the lady but I wouldn't want to stand there and watch her ruining potentially ruining her kid's life yeah then then you excuse yourself and you yeah, leave and plus, like, yes, I would you're in it. that lady but, I, but I would say I would say you're an idiot and you should get that fucking cigarette out of your mouth before I leave her house I would say that <laughs> Plus, you're in that lady's home. Like, you come into her yeah. home and tell her how to live. Man, I, I'm yeah, just saying, if you ever, if, if something like that ever happened, punching you right in the face. Because that's, that uh, is, nope, nope. You do not I would, tell me how I to live I would stop your punch with my hand and then I'd kick you in the groin. <laughs> because you're, you're, I would just be saying something, but I'd be leaving. I wouldn't, like, grab the well, cigarette out of her mouth. Well, also, I'd, like, I'd tell her that, i tell that person that she's an idiot. Yeah, I, 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 I. I and maybe maybe it's my strong German heritage that I, I kind of with, you know keep that my has mouth nothing shut to do about with things. German. <laughs> not, I'm as German as you, I think. Oh really? I'm yeah. Seventy five percent The Spies family name comes from Germany. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so dude, it was originally S P E S P I E S. So you mean spear so or, you, or or pikeman? In your gut, <laughs> you should just be like, nope, not my problem. Moving on. It's not my problem. But I'm going to let her know about it. I'm not going to physically change her or do anything, but I'm going to say – I'm allowed to say something. This is America, damn it. I can say something. And this is also America. She's allowed to keep smoking, but I'm allowed to say something, baby. I, if I, all, right, all I'm going to say is if it wasn't her own home, then sure. But if you're in someone else's home, you shut the fuck up. That's, that's no. it. <laughs> Because it's not just her own home as a friend. She's there for a business. It's a business transaction. She's there as a, uh, the customer is always right, Corey. Okay, how about this? Uh, guys and gals in our <laughs> that listen to this episode, let us know on Facebook. Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on Facebook. Let us know in the comments who's right about this one, okay? Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> clearly we have come to an impasse here. <laughs> All right. The audience can decide who's right on this one. But let's get back to Seinfeld. Um 
So there's this whole thing where the, the psychic is warning George about his trip, but she can't get it out. Uh, and Elaine being upset, it ends up getting them kicked out of the house. I do love George's, uh, particularly his, um, I love the way that George says lupus. Like, uh, lupus? Is it lupus? He just so <laughs> freaks himself out about all the different scenarios that it could be of what is going on with this trip. But uh, they can't get it out because, you know, she wants her out because of the whole smoking thing that you guys can pick this, pick whichever side you, you want uh, are fair and, um, you know, impartial audience. Anyway, we then have a stand up about psychics. Yeah, it's it's a good segue into a stand up that I don't quite understand. The first part of the stand up I actually very much enjoy. He says uh, psychics should be licensed. Um, and he says like, it shouldn't be that hard. Just give them the D- DMV test, but blindfolded. He's like, if you can't parallel park the car like that, you're, you're you know, or if you can parallel park the car like that you're psychic first off he doesn't say blindfolded he says uh with the coins in the dough what the heck is that yeah he put coin it said coin on one eye and pizza dough on the other i had no idea what that was and yeah, so that's why I just like I shorthanded it for blindfolded but i was like why didn't you just say make give them blindfolded um and then he says he says we can test these people like like Kreskin, instead of just hiding his check why don't we just try stopping the check let him see how he handles that I don't even know what Kreskin is, and I kind of didn't look it up, so I'm buying time, so Adam. I did not look it up until just now, but the amazing Kreskin, also uh, known as Kreskin, is an American mentalist who became popular on television in the 70s. Got, and um, he, I, he probably was on The Carson Show and stuff like that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is uh, all that kind of, probably, let me see. Um yeah, he was on Canadian and Canadian TV, and then looks over, he came over to the U.S. Yeah, he was probably on all that kind of stuff. Um, in 2009, he became the first guest to make three appearances on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. So this guy has still somewhat been around. <laughs> He's rocking Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, okay. he, was on, he, he was on David Letterman, Howard Stern, Jimmy Fallon. Wow. Okay, some, some dude who's, I mean, He's, all that stuff is around the time that I have seen him, but yeah. Well, he even had a television series. Yeah, that's what it was. That was on Canadian television called The Amazing World of Kreskin. But but clearly he was kind of more popular probably in the 70s and the 80s, which is obviously when Jerry and Larry were growing up and yes. whatnot. So he appeared on The Tonight Show 61 times ah, between 1970 and 1980. There you Holy go. Holy crap. So, yeah, which is before us knowing who this dude is. Yeah, but but the Tonight Show, that's how Jerry oh, yeah. and Larry. That's huge. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Okay. But yeah, it's it's it was um we had this stand up. I can't remember what what episode actually was. But yeah, there was another stand up where he, the whole thing was predicated on a reference that neither of us got because it was yeah. so old. But I <laughs> yeah. I very much enjoyed the first part of it with the psychics and how and how to test them except for his weird blindfold scenario. I just didn't get that. Hey, uh, yeah, that- and fans, if you know what he was referring to, <laughs> uh, leave a comment on that one, too, because I, yeah. I don't know what that reference sort of was. I, But I guarantee you it's something. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that we're just not picking up on. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, all right. at the uh, Back at the apartment, uh, Gina comes out of Jerry's bathroom looking all sexy. Um, you know, she's looking good. Mm-hmm. And she kind of makes fun of Jerry's toothbrush, says, oh, I don't like it. It doesn't have enough bristles bristles or stuff like that, um, which I found odd. To me, you're going to only make that comment if you've used the tooth- toothbrush. Am I right on that? Yes. Okay. And what we know about Jerry, 
He is a germ freak. He would never let anyone use his toothbrush. Um, my only assumption on this part, I mean, that's that's from me knowing Jerry through the entire series. My only assumption here is that I guess they haven't kind of put that into his character yet, that he has become like this germ freak. Um, but it, to me, that I, was very odd. Yeah, and, and I picked up on that too. I have the same train of thought with it as you do. And the mm-hmm. only thing I kind of want to back that up with in the previous episode where Jerry smells uh, Kramer's arm, uh, George doesn't, but Jerry does. I feel later on Jerry would not mm. smell Kramer's yeah. arm. And I actually think it would have been reversed, like probably George would have. Yeah. But I, I think they're not honing in on the the yeah the obsessive compulsive stuff here they're not honing yeah. in on the germophobia here um but I, i'm with you because knowing what we know about jerry especially when there's a whole episode later about him dropping his girlfriend's you know uh toothbrush in the toilet and everything yeah um we know that there's like a thing with toothbrushes with jerry and the fact <laughs> yes. that that gina even used his toothbrush is just is weird to me yeah yep i agree uh all right so she talks about uh, Martin and, you know, what he should do. You know, she really wants him to stand up to Martin and all this kind of stuff. Well, he's in a coma, but you know what I mean. Um, and just all this kind of stuff where, you know, she, oh my God, she is a, she loves toxic masculinity. That's one yeah. thing she loves. She loves these macho dudes. Um, but we kind of like, I don't know, Jerry kind of, I don't know, uh, ass- assuages her, if that's the right way. I think assuages, yeah. Is that the right term of the word? I don't know. I <laughs> Leave in the comments if I use that word right. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even know what that word is. but, have, but I mean, It means, it. It's, a, it's an SAT word. It means like to pacify. Oh, okay. um, it's like the situation. She kind of like talks about the stooges. And I always kind of found it funny her. She's like, oh, tell me about these stooges. I don't know why. I always kind of like, these. this character somewhat reminds me of the dramatic moment of the red dot of cashmere and that whole that whole talk maybe it's because they're also they have accents yeah things like that that could that could be just what i tied in together as well um but she's like oh show me these stooges Uh, jerry's you know kind of jokingly confident i do like his i will show you the stooges uh (laughs) yeah i like that (laughs) um you know she's kind of a little too weird into it but she's into machoism and that's what i think jerry's trying to to yeah i as someone who's married to a Latina, I I think they're trying to like play up every sort of not mm-hmm. great aspect of the stereotypical what you think of of Latin women or whatever. Um, you know, I, I will say that they're kind of on point for some things, <laughs> not <laughs> not for like you know the crazy stuff, but they definitely ramp it up times ten basically. And we've mm-hmm. we've talked about it on previous episodes when you have twenty two minutes, you kind of just go for like especially for new characters, you kind of just go for like big broad strokes, but they're definitely yeah. sort of playing up the the stereotypical latin flavor and she she loves big she's got big emotions and big expressions and everything and uh and she's slightly terrifying just like my wife <laughs> your wife is nothing but a sweetheart every time i've ever seen her or talked to her to you to yeah. you <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so um, my wife is like a full five foot five ball of fire man <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right fair enough um but uh George, jerry you know in his lack of machoism because jerry is not confrontational he's no. not macho by any means which he knows this 
Uh, he is afraid to walk her to the cab, and she's kind of all upset about that, and she wants him to be a man. So he's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. As he walks out, uh, Kramer and this other ball of fire, uh, Wayne Knight, <laughs> a.k.a. Newman, comes out of Kramer's apartment. And, uh, man, it gets me excited. I mean, love me some Newman. And he's like, he this whole episode, he is perfectly realized this episode, aside mm-hmm. From the fact that he's not a mailman, although it doesn't matter, like it, like even his profession's yeah. not addressed. Uh, apparently, he was supposed to be the supervisors, the 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 superintendents of the building, supposed to be his son. So he was going to be like a busybody oh. in the building, but they kind of uh, reworked it. But That's good. dude, he felt like Newman right out of the gate, and he I'm did. with you, dude. I see it, and you're like, you're you're just like you feel good. You're like, oh, I love to hate you, Newman. You know, you're you're yeah. back. You're in my life. I love it. Exactly. Even though, like, you know, he is there as uh, a antagonist for Jerry a lot of the times. And, you know, Jerry's our main our main person. Like, sometimes I find myself rooting for Newman. You know, he, even when he's like anti Jerry or something, I'm just like, I fucking love you, Newman. <laughs> I, I do, it's too. It's, it's because he's so gleefully evil that I yeah. <laughs> that I think we get yeah. enjoyment from that. I want to see his little gleeful evil plans come to come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it kind of does later. Yeah, and it does definitely later on in the show. So, um, at least in, in, in the series, I mean. So, all right, at the hospital, Elaine is acting just very weird. Apparently, because she hasn't eaten in three days, <laughs> she's she's acting a little too weird. I've now granted I've never fasted for three straight days. Uh, I fasted for you know a, at least one day. Um, and a bit into another, but I've never fasted for full three. Have you? No, I haven't even no. fasted for one day. But I, I love Elaine losing her mind. I think mm-hmm. th- I, this is honestly one of my favorite moments of this whole season. But I love how she all of a sudden just like non sequitur, just like all of a sudden she's like, uh, "How do we know the dog food's any good? Who yeah. tastes it?" And and I was like, yeah. and I wrote that down, and I was like, "That's funny." And I started thinking, "Oh my god." She's correct. How do we know dog food is any good? Who does taste it? And I loved it. I just loved how it came out of nowhere, out of the black pit of her brain that's just completely mm. withered away from five, three days of no uh, substance, you know? And I love that. I love how frazzled she looks. I love how her hair and her wide, crazy eyes. I, I loved everything about it. I love Elaine losing her mind. I think it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it is. It is fun. It's a good little little small bit. Um, while they're talking there, George, I can't remember what it was, but uh, he just mentions that his uh, that his mother used to smoke or that she smokes or something like that. I just another another call out to his mother or yeah. about his mom. Yeah. So she's apparently bald and smokes. <laughs> That's what we found out about this episode. <laughs> she, she just gets grosser uh, and grosser. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. So um, Kramer also comes. He's apparently there with Newman um, to see. What the hell is that guy's name? Martin. Uh, Martin. To see Martin. <laughs> but uh, George being freaked out about his trip, he gets Kramer to buy his uh, his cruise ticket or his vacation ticket or whatever at the Cayman Islands. Um, at Martin's room, Kramer is there uh, with Newman. He, I love he's he's just yelling at Martin, who's in a coma, about his vacuum because he wants his vacuum back, uh, which is <laughs> just funny. It's such a Kramer thing to do. I, I, I feel like it. Uh, and Jerry comes in and Newman's just kind of being ominous again, fully realized Newman that he just, you know, he, he never liked Jerry. There's our, there's, you know, we, we haven't had too much of the, um, 
you know, them not liking each other before this, but like it's immediately there right now, especially with them being in the same room. It's perfect. Um, so I'm, it's obvious that they have a good rapport. And so, you know, and Wayne Knight plays it perfectly. So they had to like include him more often, which is just, which was a good call. Just so, so perfect. Every moment that Wayne Knight is, is in the scene in this yeah. episode is just magical. It is. So, um, I mean, it, in this point where, you know, Jerry's pulling out of Drake's coffee cake and he's trying to convince, you know, basically trying to convince uh, Newman not to tell Martin and he's just eating it. Now he feels like he's got the upper hand, you know, to bring back hand from the last episode. <laughs> Good one. And so uh, Newman, you know, being the plump person that he is, if you will, <laughs> they're playing up the joke and they have a lot of like kind of fat jokes with Newman. And it's not like usually in bad part. They're just kind of in slight jest or things like that. This one, another one that kind of reminds me of maybe later being um, the pizzas or the calzones, uh, think, right? The calzones, the calzones or the, to me, I'm thinking of like the, uh, the full fat yogurt episode, yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. They, they never, it's not so much. They make fun of Newman yeah. being fat. It's more like food is usually his motivator or it's usually yeah. <laughs> Jerry's way of, of getting Newman to do something that he wants to do. Yeah. Something like that. Or just food. To, like, to me, the soup Nazi, the way he says jambalaya, <laughs> jambalaya. is just one of the greatest, greatest <laughs> single lines in Seinfeld. <laughs> and that's just like, yeah, food being a motivator for humor with, with Newman. Yeah. For sure. And, and so. by the way, I cannot say jambalaya without saying jambalaya. it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jambalaya. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so basically, uh, you know, Newman's going crazy for it. And so it goads him into... Uh, you know, getting the other coffee cake that Jerry just happens to have. Uh, and so he won't tell Martin about it. Well, uh, I, so yeah, I do right, like, sweet. I do like um, the exchange where uh, Newman's, you know, Jerry's like swearing your life or he's like, or something like that. And he's yeah. uh, uh, Newman says, I swear on my mother's life. And they do a cut to Kramer and Kramer goes, Ooh, like that. Yeah. And I, I like that. Cause we, we talked about it before. They don't do a lot of like sort of reaction cuts, you know, mm-hmm. but this one, again, it worked and it was a good like Kramer moment where Kramer's just watching yeah. the two kind of sparring verbally. And then, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, um, they're man children, they're man kids yes. because it's like, they're on, uh, uh, um, like recess, right? Like they're, they're, yeah. it's, it's basically like they're goading each other on. And there's always that one kid that's always like, Oh, snap. Oh. You but know what it, I mean? At the, at the same time, because yes, because they're kids and they're doing shit like this, it adds validity to this deal. You know, it makes it just like, oh yeah, you know, I, I swear on my mother's life. But like, because of Kramer doing that and because we know they really believe that kind of shit, you know, and they're the kind of guys that do like pinky promises yes. and, and we've seen that they do that. I mean, George and Jerry have done that kind of thing, but also Kramer and uh, Newman do that same kind of stuff as well that we'll see more of, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a good little cut and it adds, it adds something to it. All right. Elaine kind of uh, is still, still being a crazy person. She's super hungry. And George sees the little nose picking daughter that we didn't really mention earlier because it was not really necessary, but it's of the, the psychic uh, lady. He sees her at the hospital because she was pregnant. Um, and so he follows her and into the birthing room or not the birthing room, but into the room that the mother is at. Uh, and, you know, he's trying to get the trip info out of her. And it's just all kind of craziness. The doctor comes in and he's still just kind of following her, trying to get trying to get this info out and it's just not coming because stuff stuff keeps coming up you know um whatnot about uh before she gets the information out of what the problem is going to be during this trip 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, just going to say it right here. I was not in love with the psychic B storyline in this one. No. I fully agree. I don't give a crap about that. I like the payoff of the vacation at the end, but the whole psychic tie-in, eh, not as necessary. I mean, I guess I they have to find out a way to get George to not go, but there's a um, hundred different ways you could make that happen. Yeah. Um, but I agree. The psychic, it's it's a it's a weakish, weaker storyline. Well, I guess I should say this, like. Wh- what was the point of even seeing them uh, at the hospital, like with you know George chasing the kid or, or whatever? Like, did that add anything to to George's neuroses that he didn't already have no. from the one exchange? No, he was already prepping Kramer to buy the tickets from him. So this did this didn't do anything it, extra. Exactly, right. exactly, it did nothing. So yeah, I, I just felt like that was totally wasted. This whole area. Yeah, yeah, very true. Maybe yeah, just extra filler. Yeah. Um. So. But Elaine, she comes into Martin's room and in which is well set up, you know, Newman got his coffee cake. So he's not going to tell Martin the story about George and Gina or sorry, Jerry and Gina and Elaine, who has been hungry this entire episode, uh, comes in and she sees the coffee cake and she snatches it from Elaine, from uh, Newman and, you know, he she eats it. And so it's just hilarity ensues apparently you know we kind of cut to later and martin has woken up um you know we hear a groan at some point during all this turmoil and we then kind of get a cut of martin uh shaking jerry violently and apparently you know newman is over over his shoulder of jerry and just being like and he did it right in front of your bed and, and on top of you and stuff like he's basically telling the whole story to martin it's just it's funny stuff you know all of the culmination of Jor of uh, Gina, you know, and Jerry's relationship over Martin, um, him kind of waking up, uh, Elaine's hunger, the whole coffee cakes, all of that stuff is all culminating in this one moment in the the coma room, and I think it's a it's a really good moment. Yeah, I agree. I I a hundred percent agree. I very much enjoy <laughs> seeing the basically the train wreck coming into play. Right, like you see yes. all the moving parts, you know what worst case scenario can possibly be, and sure enough, worst case scenario basically. Yeah happens and yeah i I enjoy all of that i it's just yeah it was just the psychic kid stuff that i just didn't really care about i agree yeah um the the i do i think like the whole lead up you know you a lot of the times you can see when those moments are going to happen and you're like you know you think oh my god uh you know elaine is going to steal this cake but you don't none of that is is nothing that i thought was going to happen until the very end when it actually happens because the whole coffee cake stuff um, I don't know. It just it, it's it's it works perfectly together, but it's still a surprise when it happens, and it's it's hilarious. Yeah, it, yes, one hundred percent with you there. So anyway, that was kind of a weird ramble, but um, all right. Uh, the only I guess semi funny thing about the psychic is apparently you know George was saying oh it was a whole gross situation or whatever he just it, whatever he was just kind of talking about being in the birthing room, and apparently the psychic named the kid Rasputin, which was a joke called back from the very first line of the episode where they're talking about, you know, oh, if you named a kid Rasputin, do you think it would ruin their life? And Elaine was like, I don't don't even know she responded. She was probably like, where do you think of this stuff? Or maybe she did say, yeah, probably. I don't remember. But there was, like, I guess, closure on that joke or just kind of came back around, which I appreciated that 
in the least. Um, but yeah, again, not particularly necessary. But I do like you know that they're coming back. Anyway, uh, Kramer comes back from his trip that that he got from George that he was supposed to be on. The whole funny thing of that is it was a fantastic trip. Um, you know, he they were there with these swimsuit models. Elle McPherson, being a very famous swimsuit model, was there, and they were all topless. And it was a best time ever. Um, and you know, George now feels like shit, and he's like, well, "What was the bad thing that happened?" And I can't remember what Kramer said. Oh, he stubbed he, his toe or something. Or he, he stepped on a jellyfish or something. Stepped it, on a jellyfish, yeah. yeah, and it stung a little bit. Yeah, it stung a little bit, but yeah, it was yeah, it, nothing bad really happened, which is no. hilarious. And it and is he had a great it plays time. up George's neurosis. Yep, uh, that's exactly what it is. His neuroses. Um, so, and apparently Gina and Martin are back together, which is good because those two crazy people probably deserve each other. Uh, even though Martin hasn't wasn't shown crazy but he is definitely shown to be a uh well he is crazy well he was he, yeah he was he a little pills yeah, he was a little mean to jerry too remember he like, was yeah yeah he's de- he's defensive and he's also very uh, a little too protective of gina like he apparently got upset yeah i mean he t- he's the kind of guy who takes pills because she wanted to leave him and stuff like that so um yeah they deserve each other and apparently Elaine has to fast again. We just kind of hear about it. Well, it's and, it's uh, funny. It's yeah. funny that she has to fast again because when she ate she that did the cake, she did the test already. Yes, she did. She was waiting for her results. Yes, she was she could have for, eaten immediately. Yeah, she was waiting for the results. So that would have yes. been smarter if they if they just said all they had to do was say she's just still waiting, you know, to see the doctor or whatever. Yeah, yeah, something. I agree that that, that didn't line up. Um, and then we end with a stand-up bit on suicide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Jerry talks about, you know, he doesn't understand the suicide person, uh, you know, why they stop trying <laughs> once they don't succeed the first time, basically. Like, why did they give up? And he's like, you know, is your life any any better now that you've attempted it and failed? Um, he's like, no, because you find out that there's one more thing you stink at. And he's like, that's why that's why these people don't succeed at life, uh, because they give up easily. You know, if the pills don't work, try a rope. There's nothing more rewarding. <laughs> there, I'm going to read this one by, by verbatim. There's nothing more rewarding than reaching a goal that you set for yourself and yeah it's so insensitive good dark humor it's so insensitive but it's it's a it's a really good stand-up i i really do enjoy it but boy is it it's a rough one it is definitely a rough one (laughs) yeah yeah i mean exactly as you put it before if some people are very sensitive to this issue and they can't find any kind of humor into it they would very be very much be upset at hearing that kind of joke i you know not to say that i haven't had some kind of interaction, not interpersonal interactions, but other stuff, you know, suicide has, has been around before I've, I've had people affected by that. Um, but I find it funny. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. No, I, like I this stuff. I do too. And, and I guess the, the caveat I want to say is a lot of times I think sometimes, you know, we say like, Oh, if you don't think this is funny, then, you know, I'll just change, you know, whatever. This time I'm like, you know what? I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's warranted. If you don't find this one funny, I totally understand that one, and I would say just just move past it. Like this is not one that I would like try to advocate for and say, "Oh no, you're wrong." The dark humor is great, but I I'm like you, and I do very much enjoy the dark humor. But yeah, yeah. if this one's not your cup of tea, I won't like fight for it or anything. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, you're allowed to be, um, you know, this is, as I said, this is America. You're allowed to be as super sensitive and if you don't like something you know you can change the channel or not do it and that's totally fine you know this is also america if you want to 
tell someone not to smoke if they're pregnant or if they want to smoke and they're pregnant anyway. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? God bless you. Just had to, like, I had to break. Just stick it in there and just twist <laughs> it around twist a little bit. Yep. There you go. All right. Uh, let's talk, talk about, talk about our... tying it back to our previous <laughs> threads. <laughs> exactly. Just like Rasputin, baby. Uh, okay. Our general discussion. I'm going to start on this one if you don't mind. Yeah. I didn't expect to like this episode as much as I honestly, I, I did. Um, you know, I, I thought it wasn't going to be as funny, just kind of knowing what the episode was, just knowing in my head. Um, and I felt this one had some pretty good writing that came back around to it. It's, it's not a perfect episode. As we mentioned, the psychic storyline is meh and some of the jokes aren't as good, but they're still, it's still a funny episode. Love seeing Newman. Um, you know, that just makes me super happy. I love the dark humor in the episode. Uh, yeah, this is not top shelf, but this is a good episode. I'd say a, a stronger episode than, than even some of the other ones, obviously, that we've had. Um, can I bring up the fan theory or do you want to do that? You've kind of been like the you're, you're the big fan theory kind of well, person. Bef- yeah, before we jump into the fan theory, I'll just give you my quick okay. overview of, of what I think of the episode. Um, pretty much <laughs> same as yours. I, I thought it okay. was a very solid middle of the road episode. Um, you guys know episode previous, the Pez Dispenser. I absolutely loved this doesn't, you know, uh, reach those heights mainly because there's a few just, you know, things that are just kind of mad, like like you said the psychic part or the more specifically the, the kid um and whatnot and us talking about the episode didn't like make me like the episode anymore but it also didn't make me dislike the episode anymore mm-hmm. yeah. i gotta say it's an episode that i don't really remember um i i feel like i just haven't seen this episode that often so i kind of had the same reaction you did where it was still kind of new and fresh to me especially that end part but for me I think the most surprisingly fresh, funny part was for me personally was Elaine losing her mind when she was, you know, fasting. That was I did not expect to get as much of a tickle out of her questioning, you know, dog food as as I did. Um, So, yeah, middle of the road episode. Very entertaining. Um, I I would not skip it at all, like like I would maybe some other ones, but uh, uh, definitely very much enjoyed it. Um, and so to the fan theory that that well, we kind of before we go into that, oh yeah, sure. On. I want to give my rating because we'll get my rating done. Yeah, I was, we'll I was waiting for your rating. Theory. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was I wasn't sure when to do. It. I wrote it later, but anyway, uh, I thought it was yes, middle of the road, but I gave it just a slightly over edge, I guess. So I gave it three out of five Drake's coffee cakes. There we uh, go. See, my, mine, mine, I was wondering if you were going to go with Drake's Coffee Cakes as your rating or if you were going to go with Suicide Attempts. Yeah, that would have been. <laughs> I mean, I like the dark humor, but, you know, I'm trying to be somewhat sensitive. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So the fan theory is you guys probably, a lot of you probably know about it. Um, there's a theory that because we never see George's brother, um, he's, I don't know if, well, we're going to track it if, if he's really even mentioned past this. But there's a yep. fan theory that George uh, basically causes his brother to commit suicide because of this episode. Now, the whole mm-hmm. theory is predicated on the fact that George would have called his brother immediately yeah. after talking to the psychic to be like, hey, you you and Pauline came up, you know, and then mm-hmm. the theory is predicated on the fact that that would have caused his brother to commit suicide. But the the theory holds water when basically it holds water 
in the rest of the series because when you start examining how the Costanzas treat George, uh, mm-hmm. especially how they, you know, how they sort of worship Lloyd Braun and how they hate George, how there's another chair at their dinner table in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, the theory is is based on more moving forward, not so much this episode itself. This episode yeah. itself is just the start of the theory. So... I got to say, I was excited to get to it, but then once I kind of reread the theory and started digging into the theory, it's not as exciting as I think the idea of the theory is. Yeah. Uh, So the theory did say that this was the last mention of the brother. We will have to, if we we get it, we'll call that out. But, um, uh, you know, if they did their research, then hopefully that is the case. But I'm 100% with you. I like the idea of the theory way more than I like the theory itself. I don't buy it. Um, but it, it's fun to think about. Yeah. So, you know, because, uh, yeah, the brothers never mentioned. Also, there was even they showed that there's like a picture at one point at their house that looks like, oh, this could be an urn in like a mantle area. Yeah. Eh, maybe it it's, looks like it's just a vase to me. But at the same time, I love fan theories. You know, I think those are super fun to dissect. Uh, this one is a big stretch. Um, and one of them being one of the points being is that the show typically talks about very literal things that happen in the episodes you know it's not um you know it's they're talking the red dot yeah the nose job those things all happen um they're talking about the suicide not the suicide attempt a suicide yes. didn't happen it was an attempt um but still that is a stretch yeah That's a stretch and a half uh and so they're saying actually the suicide is yeah the brother's suicide that we don't see and yeah that big old stretch i mean obviously they just they once they got the Costanzas, they didn't want to do anything with a brother route anymore. They wanted to go the only child route, which makes so much more sense with how they the casting that they got. It just works perfectly, um, and that's just that's just regular writing process. Yeah, <laughs> things happen, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, just... but you're right. I, it, it's it's fun to think about. A lot of people. This is one of the more famous fan theories from Seinfeld. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, I don't think it holds much water. Now, now it's 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 too loosey goosey on what they're expecting you to sort of believe. You know that George would do this, but like you said, it's fun. It's fun to think about. It's fun to kind of give you a reason to think about Seinfeld when you're not like watching it. But yeah, I I'm not impressed with it. So we'll, we might yeah. we might touch on it, but honestly, I probably won't go back and reread the articles to to, to find no. you know anything really so no, um not we, worth it yeah we just might move forward I, off. I, yeah i'm not going to really track that one yeah. and push it any further because i don't think it it yeah it doesn't hold much ground now doesn't hold much water doesn't hold whatever the hell i want to say yeah I, it, I don't think it's correct <laughs> it doesn't <float>. anyway <laughs> that theory doesn't float. uh yeah <laughs> okay um long episode for us pretty much it feels like it but uh how about you tell us where you can be found out in the world of the internet. Yes, sir. You can find me every other week talking with our friend Zach about all kinds of weird cult movies from the 80s. Uh, We just did an episode. We dropped our Invasion USA episode with Chuck Norris, uh, and we just released uh, an episode, a free episode from Patreon, where we interviewed Diane Franklin from Better Off Dead and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and uh, Last American Virgin and Terrorvision. She was super, super sweet. Very nice to talk to. And uh, you can also find me uh, every week talking to my friend Tess on the Ongoing Comic Book Discussion podcast. And you can find me occasionally.
finally talking to Adam and his brother John on the Blast From Our Past podcast. That is correct. Uh, the Blast From Our Past podcast on the BFOP network, same as Cartwright, same as Friday 5, same as Podcasting After Dark. <laughs> Check out all of those if you haven't. Uh, but yeah, me and my brother John... We talk all things movies, TV, music, nostalgia. We kind of focus on either a show and a movie and do fan castings or an album or we do top ten lists. Uh, we do sometimes have Corey on there on a series that he and I do of sequel episodes to the ones that John and I do or also on some of our exclusive episodes that you can get if you are a patron. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fun. We got a nice little nice little network on here, and uh, yeah. you can find all of those podcasts on the usual pod catchers like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. And you know, while you're surfing around and perusing, if you can give us a like or give us a follow or just share it with a friend, and we'd appreciate all of that. And we appreciate all the love that you guys have given us so far. It's been absolutely amazing, and uh, we're well on our way to having a ton of subscribers. So we really appreciate you guys. You guys are freaking awesome. We still need to come up with a, a name for our our fans the cartwrights <laughs> no that's not that good. sounds like a shitty band that sounds like a yeah a, the, a shitty yeah, nightclub band the cartwrights yeah that's not good we'll have to work on that <laughs> yeah if anyone has a has a suggestion leave leave it in the comments but uh specifically uh an, an, you know someone answer our question is who was right about the uh the smoking and, and whether you should say the moops can we call them the moops <laughs> ah that's a good one that's a good yeah. one i'll put that one in there i'll that that right now is the top runner the moops okay. the moops uh, hey moops how you doing now that's not good that, yeah, that's not good no that sounds oddly racist and it's, it's yeah. not <laughs> Uh, all right guys we will catch you all next week hey everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.